Welcome to CEO and Founder Magic, the podcast for entrepreneurs with stories to tell about your success. I'm Sheila Clefcorn, professional fractional CMO for B2B companies and host of the podcast. I'm deeply committed to transforming the world through technology, one company at a time. So stick with me until the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest with just 15 to 20 minutes of your time. I'm glad you're here. Hello, and welcome back to the CEO and Founder Magic Podcast. I'm excited today to have Christy McCann Flynn with me, who's got a really powerful and inspiring story. So Christy, tell us a little bit about your role and how you got started with SkillCycle. Yep. Thank you. And I'm thrilled to be here too. Um, so before I started SkillCycle, I was in HR for close to 20 years. Um, I worked in a lot of mid-market enterprise and even startup organizations. And there was two huge issues that I had within my job that was very painful. Um, you know, always think of Toby, you know, you're from the office, like, you know, 99 problems and you can't solve any of them. So, you know, pain point number one was that all these negative monikers that we have out here, you know, war and talent, skill shortage, great resignation. We perpetuated this problem because we recycled and replaced people. Um, and because we've done that so often, of course, people don't have the skills to be able to do their job. And when I talk about skills, like just not technical skills, but like I'm talking about the power skills, the durability skills, like communication, the change management, everything that you're seeing that's breaking down society right now is within these gaps that people need development on. So that was one core component of a, a lot of my, you know, anger and frustration of leaving HR after 20 years. Um, and the second was around the fact that there's all these systems out there for learning and talent management, and they're not made by HR and they're not for HR. They're not made by learners and they're not for learners. Um, you know, they, they do a fantastic job of, you know, essentially making money off of people not using their platforms, right? And that's very clunky. It's very inefficient. And it's continued to exasperate why we have the skill shortage. So I took a lot of my anger and took a huge leap of faith that, you know, I become, you know, a, a C-level exec, you know, within HR and took a huge leap of faith and created skill cycle to really bring, you know, all learning and talent development underneath one hub so that, you know, we have a record of source when it comes to everything, you know, development and talent management within an organization. A learner has the ability to, you know, complete learnings that are attached to their goals and their roles and their performance feedback. So just like you see, like an HCM, it has HRIS benefits and payroll. They're all into an ecosystem and it works. And so we leave it alone. But there's been nothing on the... Um, you know, talent development, learning um, development. It's very monolithic. Like, you know, you have coaching platforms, you have mentoring platforms, you have performance platforms, you have engagement platforms, you have, you know, content platforms. That's why it's a mess. So we put it together all in one ecosystem. So nice. you're no longer just getting a performance review and then nothing happens. <laughs> it automatically goes into learning. And we're bringing that data and development together and what, you know, what we call uh, people operations uh, suite for, you know, learning and development. That's exciting. So you took this big leap. You founded a company. It's uh, filling a really specific need that you had based on your experience over those 20 years. 
What's one or two things that you learned along the way that you wish somebody had told you about in, in advance? Yeah, there's a lot. Creating a company was painful. I'll never do it again. Let's just put it that way. Um, I The first three years, I felt like I had a barbell that I couldn't drop and I couldn't lift. Um, you know, we were bootstrapped. We, were, we had a lot of clients. We were, you know, making good money, but we, we were growing a lot. And, you know, it was, you know, trying to figure out how to, you know, get the resources that we needed, you know, via investment one way or do we continue to be bootstrapped? And so when we went the investment route, you, I went in with the assumption. I've been in corporate for 20 years. I've been part of these meetings. Um, I understand, you know, how to navigate. I understand the things that, you know, these individuals look for. I thought I was going in and I was going to have a little bit of an upper hand. No, I did not. Um, I, if anything, I, I had to reset all expectations. Um and look at this in a much different way as to who we are, what our why is, why we're different, and you know why that was valuable to investors. And having done tons of like you know M and A and whatnot, all the experience really didn't lend handy at all. Um, I really started to lean on a lot of my sales and you know product, and I want to say engagement experience that I that I gained not only within HR but that, that I really learned within scale cycle because like even though that this was painful the one reward um was i learned a ton you know i i I'm not just hr now i have you know been in every single department i've done every single job within the organization and then two i again i've taken all the anger of things that weren't working for 20 years and i'm putting it into the positive potential of others so that they have a place to be able to learn and grow in a safe and supportive way um, and I finally got rid of that barbell after three oh, years, sure. we started getting some investment and, but now it's like, an, uh, there's a new barbell, like it, it, it is a Richter scale and it's about being able to manage the highs and the lows, not only for myself, but for my organization. And that's something that I'm a lot more comfortable with. You know, I did it with the HR. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so it's not as bad, but the first three years when you see everything, Going, going well and growing, but you don't have the means to be able to deliver on everything. So to recap, your your two main tips are really just to uh, make sure you know your differentiators in the market. That's critically yeah. important for getting funding. And also to think about as you changed from HR to being a CEO to knowing all of the departments and what each of the departments do. Is, is that right? Yeah, I mean, it's now being an active member, right? It's I used to be there as a trust advisor and a coach to help people in sales and to help people in marketing. And now, you know, I'm in it. And so I had, you know, intel as to how all these things are working. But like, it was really about honing my own development, too, at the same time. So I think that that was very impactful. Yeah, such good advice. That's really great. So tell me a little bit about how skill cycle is different in the market. Yeah. So where we're really different is that we created, you know, the entire ecosystem. We we have performance management, we have engagement, we have mentoring, we have goal setting. Um, and then it all goes into our coach marketplace learning experience platform. So it's one entire platform. When you look at all the other um, things out there, they just do coaching or they just do performance or they just do mentoring. And 
that's a lot of systems. And not only that, it's because they're all fragmented, like you get very valuable data in performance management and engagement, but that data doesn't go anywhere because it's not connected to learning, right? So you're literally getting a report card without any potential to learn. <laughs> and, and that to me was always crazy. And so I don't know why performance and engagement and learning were, were not put together from the get-go. I, I don't know why. They were waiting but, for you. Yeah, they were waiting for it. Like it just seemed, to me, it seemed obvious. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Because um, like, I worked at Pearson Education for quite a bit. And, you know, we we're sitting there, you know, helping all K-12 and higher ed, you know, students to get the learning that they need. And, and then we would go into performance management and it's like, why are we doing this? Like, there's no learning here. There's not like, you know, it's a lot of data, but nothing's going to happen with it. So that was really, you know, the core and has always been the North Star. We started with coaching and we were able to show immediate ROI with our coach marketplace and learning experience platform. And then we really expanded into skill cycle that we were adding performance and engagement and mentoring because the, 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 big, the biggest thing within this ecosystem that we created is that everything that anyone does is connected to their roles and their goals, right? It drives that what's in it for me factor. When we look at a lot of the learning systems that are out there, it's not connected to anything. It's not connected to data. It's not connected to the roles. It's not connected to the go, their goals. And so like, it doesn't drive a what's in it for me factor. And it's why you get low adoption and low engagement and, and you know, where people get stuck. It's like you get, get feedback that you need to improve your communications. And then you go to LinkedIn learning and there's like 2000 communications. It's like, where do you stop, you know, start? And so it's very important to make sure you have this ecosystem so it drives of what's in front of me, so why you're doing it, and it, that's connected to your role and your goals, so you're constantly being managed and measured and enhancing, you know, I mean, the different feedback items and data points that are coming through, which in turn for the buyer, if they finally have complete visibility within their organization and not just visibility, where they can continue to automatically drive ROI because we have brought all that data and development together in one ecosystem, and so we see the performance management data, it automatically goes into personalized learning outcomes for every single employee. Like th that's a dream. That's I, I have no yeah. more manual stuff. <laughs> then you have a sense of where all of your are, uh, employees are in terms of your skills and where yep. they need improvement. And then you yep. can redeploy them as changes in the business happen, right? Yep, exactly. And, and it becomes like performance management and engagement and learning instead of becoming point in time, they become very evergreen, right? Because there's always going to be constant feedback, constant data, you know, constant improvement, how you manage and measure that, how it's working or not working, how you need to advance on something else. And that's the way it should be. We, we, we got to get out of this point in time learning solution and workforce development and really look at real time in order to be able to catch up. And so that that's what our system, it completely enables that, and essentially all the development and learning operations for organizations. That's exciting. Well, you've built something really powerful that's filling a need. Um, in your role as CEO, uh, what other advice would you give to other folks who are thinking about making a change? We've got a, a tough economy right now. We've got uh, a lot of changes in technology. If somebody was thinking about developing a software as a service platform, what advice would you give them? It's a great question. And uh, it, it's the scariest thing that I have done to date in my career. And I worked in HR and every day in HR, you know, it was always taking risk and always scary. 
for things that I can control and things that I couldn't control. So, you know, I'd always had high, I guess, risk ability. This, this was risky for a lot of different reasons is that you're literally, and I had built a career and I had made a lot of money and then I was taking a lot of that money. Like I, I put half a million dollars into skill cycle. Yeah. I'm the first investor to get it started. Right. If you're going to bet on anyone, bet on yourself. Um, and I think that that goes far and I Great was able advice. to keep folk. What's that? Great advice. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to bet on yourself, yeah. And, and, and do it and double down on it. So I, I put a lot of money in and, and watching that the money and the outcomes that I put in and then also watching the money and some of the failures. Um, it keeps you balanced, right? Especially when it's your money. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. wish I walked away from HR two to three years before I actually did. Be quite candid. If I could go back, I would, instead of making the leap of faith in 2019, 2020, I should have made the leap of faith in 2015. I was done in HR and and I couldn't continue to do that. So I think, you know, it it took a while to figure out how I was going to work through that fear. And so give yourself the patience that you need, but it helps me also assemble what I need to plan to, you know, take out some of that fear too. So like the timing helped to the planning help to the money, what I was going to do with it, you know, where we're going to build, you know, a skill set and go from there. So I think give yourself the time. um, And then, you know, when you recognize that you probably shouldn't have done it earlier, that's okay. Just, you know, get ahead of it for the next time. And so that's the other thing is that you're going to fail every single day. Let it go. Just don't fail doing the same thing, you know, two or three times, which is, you know, any type of business advice that I would give somebody in HR. And if you don't know how to do it, lean on others for help, uh, you know, champions. Everybody that I brought in is way smarter than me. Um, it has a unique way of, you know, building and complementing what we are today and what we're going to be tomorrow. You know, working with a lot of coaches and a lot of advisors for, you know, areas that weren't my specialties, especially as growing a business. Um, but just letting it go, it, it, you're going to have really bad days, just get over them and move on and, you know, really start to collect and hone in on the wins and how, how you were able to win. What, what were you doing? What was that recipe? And then repeat it. Yeah. Such a great story of resilience. That's awesome. And, and that's true for anybody in, in any executive role, uh, that resilience is really important. How do you think, um, your journey, was different just based on a woman in an industry that um, certainly the software industry that it, it has a lot of men in it. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I unfortunately, you know, have been the only female uh, in, you know, many executive meetings and boardrooms for 20 years. And so the good part was, is that I knew how, to navigate. I, I I knew what they were going to be thinking and, you know, what they want to see. And I knew how to navigate it. I actually think that I got dinged, especially early on in trying to get investment money, not for being a female, but for having 20 years HR experience. And the reason I say that, <laughs> I, I, I just felt it. Like the reason I say that is, is that you know, I would initially go into me and talking to investors and, you know, some of them could be rough. And like, that's the thing, like when we, when they're rough and there's no connection with the cadence, don't ever put their money. Um, not all money is good. 
And it took us a long time to find people that really, you know, illuminated our values. And we and we definitely found that with Panoramic Ventures. They, they have been an amazing, uh, you know, VC, uh, you know, to work with, with Mark Buffington, Dan Dreschel, Christy, that they're, it's, it's a great ecosystem that they have built over there. And I'm happy that I had to go through hundreds and hundreds to find the right one. But, you know, going back to some of the ones that weren't great, like there's like, what makes you so special, right? And like, why do you think that you can create an HR platform? And I would, I would lean on my story. Hey, I'm HR, you know, mm-hmm. I'm building this because it's never been right. And they would completely push me down. Um, like, no, like it shouldn't be, you know, HR people shouldn't be building this. I'm like, well, if HR people shouldn't be building this, why hasn't any of these problems been solved, right? It, it was like, they refused to accept that, I was the only person out there that was an HR that was building a SaaS HR tech company. And because I was doing it, whatever I was, I I was not going to be objective in doing it. And I said, clearly, I'm not going to be objective and do it. I am going to take the 20 years of pain (laughs) and make sure that we're building a platform that takes away the pain. And and I felt that immediately. Um, You know, they would constantly say what's better about skill cycle compared to you know, better up. Um, and, um, you know, I constantly know the fact that we're more than coaching and that we're very differentiated. And because I didn't have like those Silicon Valley ties and relationships, even though I have established, you know, many relationships in my 20 years of HR, I could feel it. Like I, I, I was the outsider, like, you know, I mean, kid uh, on the playground and I was never going to be invited to that party. And so essentially I just created my own party uh, and really that's started that, to. That's a valuable tip in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, I like I would know within an instant when I would get a meeting set up, um, you know, what type of people they were based on their portfolio, but based on the way that they had responded to my email and, you know, what the purpose was behind uh, the meeting. And I could feel it. And we and I think it's very important. you got to be balanced with that. When you take money from any type of investor, right, they want to return. And they really want that return because while they may be attached to you, they're attached to their money 10 times more and, and you got to return that. And so it, it's not just a marriage. It's, it's a very um, particular, you know, relationship that you need to make sure is balanced with, with the right people and, and that are level-headed because just like I saw how I wasted my money you know, at times when I put in the 500K, like, you know, why did I do that? Why did I market that that way? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, and and I took that personally, but I was able to immediately, you know, rectify what I need to do. Like the, the investor looks at it from that vein also. And so it's really having that balance of not only what did you learn, but what are you doing to rectify, you know, something and how do you know it's going to work? And I feel that's essentially everything that, that I embed in that relationship with my investors is that no, like we're not going to do things hundred percent right, but here's the 80% that did work and the recipe behind it. And that the 20% that we messed up, here's what we're doing to rectify it and why we're going to know it's, it's going to work and here are the returns. And so being very matter of fact, I think it's very important and trying to find that balance with investors. Cause if you can't find a balance with investors and, and they are going to treat you like a lot of them treated me, when I went out there, you, you don't want that money and you don't want that relationship. You're never going to, you know, be building a company. You're just going to be 
you know, essentially admonishing them and whatever they want. <laughs> so I think that's very important to know who you're taking money from. Not all money is good. Yeah, such good advice. Christy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. If any of our listeners want to get in touch with you, what is the best way? Sure. So we are skillcycle.com and I am uh, Christy with the K um, at skillcycle.com. And I'm very active on LinkedIn. We want to help as many HR and L&D you know, individuals out there within mid markets and enterprises. We want to show you, you know, this was built for you, uh, by you. And, you know, to help you be able to manage the thousand and one things that you constantly have to do out there that we could at least take the pain away when it comes to all things talent development um, and, and learning development. So I, I really, you know, pleasure being on here. Thank you so much. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Great. Thank you for being on the podcast. Until next time, the CEO and Founder Magic Podcast. Thank you for listening to CEO and Founder Magic, the podcast for entrepreneurs with stories to tell about your success. If you felt like this podcast interview captured your story, would you share it on social media? It's easy. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your social account. Be sure to use hashtag CEO Founder Magic and tag anyone you think would be a great guest. I love to see your posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to be sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe and we'll be excited to have you listen. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. And if you know of other business to business company CEOs who have compelling stories and who might like to be on this program as well, please visit KEO dot bz slash book today that's keo dot bz slash book today and if you want to know more about our fractional cmo program just go to our website do a, a search on services for fractional cmo or you can follow me on linkedin facebook and instagram at keo marketing thanks for listening we'll see you next time i'm sheila platform and it's been a pleasure having you on ceo and founder Network.